welcome back to the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ingram. I'm also the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community that's connecting women in the next iteration of the internet. We have in-person events, Twitter spaces, this podcast, and we have a talent collective that you can apply to be part of. So you can get approached by Web3 employers about potential roles in crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and more. Today, I have a very special guest. I was really pleased that she agreed to be on the show as she leads the Web3 studio at Adidas, or Adidas if you're in the US. It's Erica Wicksneed. Erica started her career at a motorcycle brand, then she worked her way up through an amazing roster of big Web2 brands like Google and Uber just after the delete Uber moment, and later at PayPal, she helped introduce crypto payments. So she was really well positioned to take on this role at Adidas, leading their Web3 offering, working on some huge NFT projects like Into the Metaverse with Board Ape Yacht Club, G Money, and Punk's Comet. I feel like Erica has quite a philosophical, thoughtful approach to this space, and she's truly passionate about Web3's potential for co-creation with the community. So without further ado, here's Erica. Welcome to the show, Erica. Could you start off by saying who you are and what you do? GM, GM. I'm Erica Wicksneed. I'm the Global Vice President of Marketing Communications for Adidas Originals, Collaborations, Basketball, and co-founder of Adidas Web3 Studio. Amazing. I like that you started with GM. <laughs> but let's uh, let's start off with a quick jargon buster, as I always do. So how would you describe what a crypto wallet is for beginners? I guess for very beginners, I think crypto wallet is going to be the center of our own personal kind of ecosystem. And I know that's a, a, a lame word to use ecosystem. But I feel like the wallet, as we move into Web3, what it means is everything is going to be able to be stored there your closet, the things that you own in your garage and your home, the communities that you belong to and maybe memberships that you have access to. This wallet is going to be so much more important where it's going to be the kind of hub of how your your everyday life, your passions, your values all come together in one place. And I know we haven't realized that yet, and I don't think it has anything to do with just cryptocurrency. But I have a feeling it's going to basically become this vault for who you are, what it is you love and do, and where you want to belong. I really like that because, well, it wasn't a technical answer at all. It was very much what this whole yeah ecosystem is about. And I really like that, that it's a way of porting your identity across all of these Web3 platforms and moments. So you're now leading this amazing Web3 studio into the metaverse at Adidas. Um, and I know I say it a bit differently as a, as a Brit, I say Adidas rather than Adidas. But you've always been ahead of the pack with anything sort of burgeoning culture. So I imagine you were probably quite early to Web3. Did you have like a light bulb moment? And when was that? I mean, I had a light bulb moment when I really started to learn about how many barriers there were and people being able to access the life that they want in maybe a Web2 world because of all the walled gardens that stand up in our way. And when I started to learn about the blockchain being this new decentralized internet that's going to allow interoperability when it's at its best, and it's going to enable people to freely move things that they need to around the world without all of the restrictions and regulations and challenges that exist in the everyday world, that's when I thought, wow, this is going to be an on-ramp to really enable people to live more freely, uh, send money more freely, express themselves more freely. And the limits, I mean, there really aren't any. So it's super important right now, too, that I think we come in and really protect and nurture what are the use cases and how do we make sure we all align around a shared value system and what it is we do to protect this you know, emerging creator and ownership economy that's coming. 
Yeah. So for you and uh, for me as well, this is so much bigger than buying and selling NFTs, which I think sometimes people can reduce it to um, if you're sort of outside of this space. And you're right, it, Web3 is about sort of shared shared values and uh, something bigger than ourselves. But before we go into that, can you tell me a bit about the beginning of your career? How did you start out? How did you end up where you are? Yeah, yeah. I've worked in kind of youth marketing and I want to say pretty cool, pretty cool, more male dominated entertainment spaces my entire career. So I started out in a motorcycle racing brand, helping to launch a motorcycle brand, which, you know, really early on taught me that passion is the thing that connects people to brands and products more than anything. Cause I mean, what's more dangerous than getting on a motorcycle and riding down the freeway. So you really have to love it and have to love that feeling and the thrill of what it also provides you. Then I was lucky enough to go work in Rock and Republic, which established the luxury denim category. And I helped them extend out of luxury into the sports space. And very much, I think another theme through my career is behaving like a challenger brand and really standing for people that feel somewhat underrepresented. So we were pretty vocal in the professional racing sphere, which was all about espresso and expensive kits, you know, really this Italian luxury lifestyle. We came in with racing kits that were skulls and crossbones, really calling out the professional cycling space for the the doping policies that were going on that were really harming athletes and putting athletes' bodies and livelihood at stake. So that made us quite famous because it really demonstrated that we were standing for the athletes on the bike and their families in a way that the category wasn't embracing them today. Then I moved over to Toyota where I got to look after action sports. So all things surf, skate, snow, BMX, motocross, supercross. And that was helping Toyota connect with the younger generation before they even churned, you know, 16 years old to buy a car. How were we going to connect a really strong bond with them so that we'd be the chosen brand for years to come? And then from there, I, I was lucky enough to get into PlayStation where at the time, you know, gamers were really talked about as the nerds in the basement playing video games. And once I got to understand, like, actually, gaming just really gives you the experience to pick up a controller and feel a greater part of your own capabilities that your everyday life doesn't really afford you. I took such a strong passion and love for gamers, and that also will come back in why I think I'm really pursuing uh, Web3. Another piece after that was getting to work at, at Google, where I helped to scale emergent technologies. I got to work at Uber, where I was helping relaunch the brand after the delete Uber catastrophe and really understand the shared economy and how many barriers stand in people's everyday lives. That was where things became really prominent for me and how challenge, how these systems are so broken. And we, in major ways, businesses and brands play a huge role in helping to change systems from the bottoms up in a way that government institutions cannot do it from the top down. Then I got to go work at PayPal with Allison Johnson, who's the ex-CMO of Apple. And that's where we really talked about the financial barriers that stand in people's ways from being, you know, the entrepreneur that they want to be from sending money back home easily if they want to, that, you know, doesn't really allow human migration as easy as possible as it needs to be right now, because there's so much change going on around the world. So I helped put cryptocurrency inside the PayPal app and also worked really deeply on Venmo and Venmo strategy, which was peer to peer payments. So getting out of tech, I also had a baby, took a moment, and Adidas and I had started talking. 
And I was so excited about going back to a culture-led brand and a brand that plays such a pivotal role in a time that we were coming through a pandemic and we really needed some light, some positivity. And I was watching this just new creative renaissance where entrepreneurs were the first ones to solve some of the major problems that were happening in the world with really creative ways of expressing themselves. And what's a really easy way to express yourself than fashion and style and putting your values on your body and on the, sh and the choices that you make in everyday life of what to wear? And so I was really excited to join this brand to see what impact we could make together. And so when I, when I jumped and, and joined Adidas, that was when we started to look at how can we really deeply connect with this new generation and take the values of what Adi Dossler stood for of wanting to, to use sport to change lives in a meaningful way. And looking at all the challenges in the world, we have a lot of really big problems to solve right now, whether it's around diversity, equity, inclusion, or sustainability, people being able to have access to opportunity because talent is so equally distributed, but just the access to play and get a chance to be on the pitch and a chance to get your art and your creativity shared and discovered is so hard. But when you're a big global platform like Adidas, you are a huge stage with a giant spotlight. And one of the emergent spaces was this Web3 community that was creating this new ownership economy that we're trying to work together to get the rights to get their story told and their artwork shared and wanting to popularize or pop culturalize what's happening around NFTs was just the beginning and us demonstrating that we're going to stand with this new creator economy. And now we're actually looking at new business models to help empower them to best represent and express themselves in all the ways they wanted to, whether that's creating art online, like we did with Prada and our Renylon project, um, where with Zach Lieberman, the artist, there was a crowd created NFT project that got auctioned off and raised funds for Slow Factory. And also remuneration goes back to the community who created that artwork in perpetuity every time that art is sold. And it's also why we're going to be launching something in the back half of this year to start to give creators a chance to design inside the Adidas most iconic franchises. There's a little hint, a little alpha, but we have more to come. Um, so if you stay with us on the journey, you can get a hint of, of where we're where we're going and hopefully participate and see how we're trying to change Adidas from the inside out to support this this new creator culture that's rising. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really cool. And also thank you for dropping some alpha. Did you already know that you were likely to work on, say, like the sort of scaled NFT projects and things like that? Did you have a sense of that when you were taking on the role? I was really curious about it. And I knew at some point, it was important to get it out of, get cryptocurrency and get blockchain just out of this DeFi fintech conversation because that's not where it belongs. That's just one use case where it needed to get, it needs more access. It needs more understanding because again, it unlocks creativity for so many people and it's really truly going to be a unlock for I think the feelings people already have. It's like the systems aren't working we want to be iconoclastic. We want to change the systems, but we know we need to do it with the power of the collective in a positive way. And so that's where I thought, wow, you know, a brand that is all about pop culture. Uh, we've done this once with Run DMC, right? They were out there selling out stadiums in Madison Square Garden. They were already titans of hip hop music, but hip hop as a genre wasn't taken seriously. It was using a lot of profanity. It was, you know, um, somewhat considered quite dark by popular culture. It was getting a lot of you know, negative sentiment by people that didn't truly understand the struggle that Black people were trying to talk about within their music genre. 
So as a result, when Adidas came in and supported Run DMC, it, it legitimized the genre. And look, it's exploded and it had, had such global impact. And this year we're going to be celebrating 50 years of hip hop. And I saw this as an opportunity again, where crypto I feel like is in a similar space where the creators that are really trying to push through and use this new technology to change systems that weren't working for them, we want to be a brand that supports that. I, I love that. I think you're right that a bigger brand, even if people have different opinions about big brands playing in the Web3 space, it does le legitimize this area and make sense of it for people and get that sort of broader interest and you know initiate mainstream adoption. And I think that is going to be really important because something we talk about a lot on this podcast is the need to sort of demystify all this jargon because it can seem, it can end up locking people out when it could be this amazing set of tools for people, um, you know, whether whether creators or like anybody, all the nerds in the basement like we were talking about. So you've worked on some absolutely huge NFT projects at Adidas. You told me about one already. Can you tell me about the other projects that you've worked on and a bit about sort of the planning that went into those? I think people are pretty familiar with the launch of our first NFT. I'll just recap that quickly. Two weeks after Facebook changed their name from Facebook to Meta, we launched the first ever branded commercial NFT drop. And that was December 17th. It's kind of tattooed on my heart. <laughs> we sold 30,000 NFTs, around $800 a pop, and sold out very quickly. And we did it in partnership with three established ambassadors that also have communities. So the Board Ape Yacht Club, the Punks Comics and Pixel Vault, and G Money. And that launch basically established a new community, a community that now holds those NFTs and they have stake in this new Adidas venture. And that's how we're treating it, like a new Adidas venture where we're sharing value with these stakeholders. Hmm. So the first thing that we did was allow those holders to redeem or burn that token. In exchange, we're shipping them a bespoke solar yellow Firebird tracksuit that's co-branded with the collaboration that is just for token holders. They have a custom hoodie that's coming and a custom beanie that's on the way as well. And then this last May, we just did the world's largest airdrop by volume. And trust me when I say that was exciting too, because we try to keep our gas fees or the transaction fees really low because we're also incredibly sustainability minded. Um, so it took some time, but it's out there. It's sitting in token holder. It's, it's sitting in our holders wallets right now. And we're going to start to reveal what's inside in the coming weeks. And that alpha that I just dropped a little bit of a hint on, um, that alpha is going to elude that we have some ambitions to create new decentralized creation models with the community. I think co-creation is such a key part of this and it will be the sort of big runway for, for brands and their in involvement especially. Um, were there some unexpected elements of sort of planning and dropping NFTs? Because I imagine it's like a sort of huge technical and otherwise undertaking because it, it's, so, it's something so new. And, you know, if you guys were the first to do this in a sort of scaled way, they must have come up with a lot of um, unexpected surprises. I mean, there's been so many along the way. And that's what's been so exciting about this space. Like, if you're an innately curious person and it, you have to have an open mind, it forces you to get out of a fixed mindset because the formulas that work for traditional go-to-market planning or traditional product marketing, you basically have to flip those upside down. Everything is bottoms up and this tops down hierarchical way of working with best practices that are all based on, you know, cookie data that's telling you, you know, what works, what doesn't work is going out the window. So it's much more intuitive 
which also pushes us to have to think a lot more like artists and less like data-driven scientists in many ways. And as a result, you know, we've, we've learned a lot. We've had to relearn how do we accept Ethereum as a big corporate company? What does that look like when we have to disclose that on our balance sheet and, and disclose it to our investors in our quarterly re- reports? What happens when secondary revenue starts coming in? Like we, we get phone calls from finance being upset with us because we made money, which is an interesting place to be because they were like, how do we reconcile this on the books and move this into fiat currency? Legally, you're also putting trademarks. And let me tell you, like we have to work really hard as a brand to protect the three stripes. The three stripes is probably our most iconic asset. Those three stripes get knocked off all the time by other brands trying to come in and use them. Well, now we're putting them on an open source platform. What is that going to mean in the future, which is kind of somewhat heavily unregulated? So we are taking some calculated risks, but it is also that there's not necessarily precedent that's been done. So we are going to have to learn along the way. So there's been other things like when we did this Prada Nylon project, you know, people had submitted photos and we turned them into NFTs and now they're on blockchain enshrined in code in perpetuity. You can't remove things off code. You can't remove things off the chain. And so as a result, even if we burn them, they're still able to be discovered. So people thought maybe I want to change the image that I'd submitted. And you were like, yeah, that you kind of had to read the terms and conditions. This, this is how blockchain works. <laughs> so we're learning along the way too, and also how to be better communicators ourselves, how to make sure people understand what this technology means, um, how to be responsible with it. Um, another thing too, because it's tied to, let's say somewhat of a financial incentive, um, because it's also, you know, its own, I don't want to say somewhat of an asset. We have to be very careful and not overhyping it and making sure that we're not promoting this in the way that marketers traditionally want to come in and hype up their product drop. That's the opposite. We want to empower the community if they think it's compelling and interesting to hype it up and, and drive the value up. Uh, so it's less about like what we say. It's all about what you do. Actually, one thing I'd say, if there's one thing to leave with listeners, I'm so sick of the word storytelling, and I think it's been so overused the last 10 years. I hate it. (laughs) It's all about the story doing. Just do cool shit, do the right things, and let the story evangelize it on behalf of the brand. That is going to be the big unlock that we learned on Web3, and I, I hope anyone listening can start to understand or start to have that as a takeaway. Amazing. Thank you so much for that, and uh, I like that you've got a lot of focus on the sort of creator and artist side of things. Having worked at Meta and imagine it was similar at Google, everything is so data-driven. Like you, you can't sort of make any decision without data. Yeah. And I think you're right that it, in this area, you have to think more like an artist or think like a creative. And that's probably quite terrifying for a, for a lot of people. Um, so going back to that culture piece, what do you see as the role either of Web3 in culture or kind of the other way around, what's the role of culture in Web3? I think it needs to become a symbiotic relationship. I think a couple things. Web3 does have its own kind of microcultures and micro communities. And whether you're hanging out in the Doodles Discord space or you're hanging out in Discord space around AI generative art or the Board API Club, they're, they're going to have their own different kind of cultures that are emerging and conversations and lexicon and kind of styles and tones. We can't be just a private club that's if you know, you know, because again, the capabilities of what Web3 enables when you really unlock its use cases for creators who are really trying to solve some problems in the world together, that means 
that while you have your own microculture that's emerging inside these you know smaller NFT communities today, we need to make sure we're not locking it away. And it's only something to be utilized by people that are in the if you know, you know crowd. However, there are a ton of barriers to entry. It's really clunky. It's really hard. There's still a ton of grifters and scam artists. There's still a lot of BS that happens in the space. I mean, half our time on our Discord community is building bots to prevent attacks on the community. And we've never been hacked, knock on wood. But as a result, I think if you really care about this space, then you have an accountability to make sure that you are also helping to be part of the solution and making it easier for folks to understand, to participate in the space, um, and to be responsible. And, and like I said, that word accountability is what I think matters a lot when you see there's something that can be so beautiful when there's transparency and instant trust because of a technology like blockchain. But now we have to use it in the right way without scamming one another and making it about the money grab. That's the behavior that I think needs to start to change so we can enable more people to come in and participate. Absolutely. I think you're spot on about the if you know, you know thing, because a lot of NFT culture, or I suppose the NFT market has been very driven by that of like this. If you purchase this NFT, you access this exclusive community, whichever community that might be. Right. And in one way, that's really exciting. And you can see the appeal in that. But like exclusive can be excluding. That's exactly right. And, and take a look at who's in the space. Look at the brands that we're around that are really doing Web3. A lot of fashion brands are doing Web2. And that's not on blockchain. There's only a few of us. And most of them are luxury brands. But they're using old school paradigm luxury behaviors. Not, uh, not Adidas. We're trying to come in and democratize access and make it more available to more creatives and, cre- and, and bring a community together. We see the paradigm shift from the... It's all about the people that are the haves that maybe have the money, have the knowledge, have the insider knowledge. We want to help be that bridge between the haves and the have-nots and have the three strikes act as more of a uniter that can bring more people into this new field to play. So what are you excited about uh, that's sort of upcoming in the Web3 space or where things are going next? I'm just excited to have more conversations with creators and get into this emerging renaissance. I mean, we just were closed down for over two years. People have gotten so incredibly inspired. We're finally opening up and getting to get back together again and create new things together. That's what I'm excited about is these clashes of creators and artists and scientists that would never belong together, coming together with this new medium, code as as a medium of a form of art. And what are we going to create together? So I want to be in those conversations and pushing new opportunities into the space that just blend genres, bend genres, help to also bridge, again, that art and science side. And that's what I'm most excited about. I want to be in in the communities this next year, having those conversations and seeing how we can play an active role. Wow. And code as a medium of art. That's really cool. So where can we send people down the rabbit hole that you find interesting or helpful? I've gotten a lot of good educations through podcasting, where you can kind of stop and be just an active, deep listener. So podcasts for me have been a helpful way to learn. Number two, jumping into OpenSea, starting to scan the collections that are out there, then jumping into Twitter and seeing how the community talks about them and starting to learn myself based on this creative artwork, based on the way this community represents themselves. 
You know, does this feel like something that aligns to my values and my interests? And then download a MetaMask, like get a digital wallet, um, make a tiny, tiny acquisition of some Ethereum or coin, something that's easy and accessible for you to use. And then maybe make some purchases and jump into the Discord of whatever that community is so you can start to get their vibe, get a sense of what they're for. You'll learn right away, like don't overinvest in this space. Don't make it like a personal investment. My recommendation is approach it like an act of curiosity, of just trying to understand how this connects with your intuition that you know about the world. Um, because if you're listening to this podcast, it beca it's because you're already curious. So the one thing I would say is we'll start to get involved and then maybe even reach out to those communities and see maybe how you can even support them in the Discord if you want to maybe even support as a community moderator, if you want to join some of the NFT meetups, if you want to go to NFT group catch-ups, like meet these people in real life and see what they're about. And if it resonates deeply with you, I would say, then there's absolutely ways to continue to get involved because there is not one single major brand that is not doing metaverse or thinking about how the application of Web3 can transform their business model. Everyone's thinking about it. But there's very few folks, I'd say right now, that are doing it. So if you can start doing it on even just a community level, it'll give you an edge to help prepare yourself if you want to start getting into it, even professionally, or to help you make an income playing in the space. Awesome. Thank you for that. So lastly, where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm still the worst at social media. <laughs> uh, I took a break, but I am on LinkedIn. And that's probably the easiest one for people to connect with me. I will get better at Twitter and you can find me at Hey Erica WS. And I'm also at Discord on Hey Erica. And I mostly hang out in the holders chat on the Adidas into the Metaverse Discord server. But we will be jumping into main chat a lot more the back half of this year as we're getting more ramped up. So find me there, connect with me, um, shoot me a note. And I'd love to hear, especially, especially from women in Web3, because I think it's critically important that more than anything, I don't think the way that a lot of the systems have been built in this Web2 era have worked for us. And so my own personal mission is to help make sure that I don't perpetuate the stuff that hasn't worked for us. And I'm trying to be the change in my own corporate position as an entrepreneur here. And so I really hope that more women can be the big voice of change and we can utilize even some of the things we've learned in Web3 to help change the old system over time. Because you can't break it. You have to bring it with us. Hmm. 100%. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been the Women of Web3 podcast brought to you by Women of Web3. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so more people can find the show. You can keep up to date with amazing jobs, opportunities, learning resources, and connect with other women by following at Women of Web3 Co on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. That's at Women of Web3 Co. Feel free to tweet us with any questions about the show, and thank you for listening. 